What's up, guys? It is your girl, Caitlin, here with Speak of the Devil. We are back, baby. We were gone for a couple weeks. Thanksgiving, my brother got married the weekend after Thanksgiving. Big shout out to my brother, Matthew. Congrats. Yeah, so I've been MIA for a little bit. I have been watching the Duke games. Now, I didn't get to watch the Boston College game. I rewatched it, but I was literally at my brother's reception when that game was going on. So clearly, I was not paying attention. But I am back this week, and we are going to start off talking about my favorite topic in the entire world, Duke basketball. So obviously, I have been gone for about two weeks, so we're just going to touch base on the two games before the Iowa game, and then we're going to really dive into the Iowa game just because that was the most recent game. So the last three games, Duke has won all of them. They beat OSU, which was a good game for us, beat them at Cameron. 81 to 72 in the ACC Big Ten Challenge, and Flip led all leaders with 16 points on that game. Fast forward to the Boston College game on Saturday. 75-59, we won. Mitchell led us with 15 points. Now, I did watch the Ohio State game, and I rewatched it, and it was great. I thought we played great. And I did rewatch some of the Boston College game. Didn't really see any concerns. We won by what I thought we should have won, so... Wasn't too worried about it. Now, I was a little concerned about Iowa. And for some reason, I thought Iowa was ranked 25th. So I'm not really – I'm sure they'll be ranked yet now. But um, I was a little concerned about that game just because it was the Jimmy V Classic. It was a big deal. It's Shire's first game in Madison Square Garden as a head coach without Coach K over there. So all of those things I just thought maybe could play a big role into it. So I'll go through the stats, and then we will – actually talk about the game so we obviously won 74 to 62 overall stats we were 28 from 63 from the field which is 44.4 percent seven out of 20 from three yikes which is 35 percent and 11 from 14 from the free throw line which is 79.6 percent we had 13 assists and nine turnovers the nine turnovers do not concern me that's actually not that bad of a number now our starters Mitchell was 6 of 8 from the field, 5 for 5 from free throw. He had 5 points and 17 rebounds. Flip was 5 from 15 from the field, but he did get 10 rebounds and 12 points. Lively was 1 for 1 from the field, 2 rebounds, 2 blocks, 2 points. Proctor was 3 of 6 from the field, 1 rebound, 3 assists, and 8 points. And then Roach had a monster game. He was 8 for 18 from the field and 3 of 3 from the free throw line and 3 of 6 from the three-point line. He had two rebounds, three assists, and 22 points. Now, no one off the bench, honestly, was worth me talking about other than Whitehead. So he was 3 of 7 from the field. He had six rebounds, three assists, and eight points. And he really did a great job. I did not know he had six rebounds. Now, watching the game back, 
it makes sense, but when I was watching it, I was so involved in the game, I guess I didn't realize he had six rebounds. And a stat that really stuck out to me that I was really happy about was that Duke actually held Iowa to only shooting 39.7% from the field, which is great, and 18.8% from three. To me, that equivalents to great defense, and I think that is going to be a big thing for us going forward this year. Now, those were the stats from that game. I, of course, watched the game, and then I re-watched the game, and then I re-watched the game. Sometimes I just re-watch Duke games when I'm bored, so like late at night when I can't sleep. So don't make fun of me. If you follow me on social media, you know that I re-watch the Duke games. It's necessary because in case you guys didn't know, I'm part of the coaching staff. <laughs> Obviously kidding. Anyways, the Iowa game was great for us. I thought it was a really good game. I think Iowa is a really good team, but... Throughout the whole game, I literally thought we should be winning by more. I did not think that they were better than us in any aspect of the game. I thought we looked so much better than them. Honestly, it kind of irritated me towards the end of the first half that we even let them come back within six because we ended up winning by 12, but I really think we should have won by more than that. I just They are a good team, and they it's not that they didn't play well. Our defense just disrupted their offense so much that they just didn't look that great to me. So I was happy with the overall stats. Roach and Proctor together were awesome to watch. That is something I am very excited about going forward. Our backcourt is something that I have, haven't have seen since good old 2015 squad. <laughs> Quinn Cook and Tyus, yeah, I just, they seem like they're vibing together really well, which makes me excited. Also, let's talk about the fact that Flip did not have a good game. By all things statistics, he did not have a good game, but he had another double-double. And when he's out there, it's just he helps the team. So I know he was 5 for 15, but I don't really hold that against him, and I don't think anybody else should because the kid is a monster, literally. And Mitchell had a very, very quiet, good game. 6 of 8 from the field and 5 for 5 from free throws is pretty good. I mean, 17 points, you cannot ask anything else from him. I think what I like about this team the most is that we have so many people that can score, so nobody gets, like, 27 a game, 30 a game. It's not like the Zion teams or anything like that. Everybody's stuff is spaced out. Now, Roach did put on 22 points, which is a season high, of course, but I'm just saying, everybody else pretty much contributed as well, so that's always good to see. Now, I have had people coming at me for my Ryan Young hate, and I would just like to say that I did not say anything about Ryan Young during this game, other than the fact that I was just curious as to see when we were up by, I think, I'm really not sure if this is right or not, maybe like 10 or something in the first half. It was like the first couple of minutes. We were doing great. All of our starters were in. There was a point, maybe a couple of minutes in, that he switched in um, Whitehead, Ryan Young, and Blake's. And then I think Jacob came up, came, ended up coming in with them too. And not saying that they're bad together, but just something about it threw us off. And then they came back and it just seems to always happen when we put Ryan Young in the game. Now, Ryan Young did a lot of good things during the Iowa game. Um, he also did a lot of bad things, just normal things, I guess, for him. But he is good in certain situations. I'm not knocking him. He's a great basketball player. I mean, I like him a lot. I just, I just wish that Shire wouldn't throw him in in situations like that. Now, I know Lively was in foul trouble, and that's not ideal, but I, I just, I'm not sure Ryan Young is the answer. 
I don't know. He did a good job. He does a good job when he's in there. The hustle is definitely there. I will give him that. It is always there. And I do enjoy seeing him out there. Um, I'm just not very sure about that specific group together. I don't think Blake's and Young can be out there together. Um, Blake's does a great job when he's out there without those people. When he is put into the lineup with Roach or someone else out there with him and we don't take off our whole team, he does great. Now, I know, Shar, this is a very – like, it's not a bad problem to have all of these good players, and you can play your whole bench. You can go nine deep. But I think he's slowly figuring out the rotations. I just don't think we're going to be the team that needs to put in four or five people at a time, kind of like what UK did a couple years ago. I just don't think that's going to work with our team. Um, we definitely need to have few core pieces in there at all times, switching them in and out with the people off the bench, not just – Four off the bench and one starter, Jeremy. So <laughs> I think Shire's figuring it out. Obviously, he's doing a great job. We're nine and two. It is wild to me that Duke has played 11 games already, but we are nine and two. And the only game that I really think we lost, just flat out lost, was the Purdue game. That was rough. Um, I, I think if we played Kansas now, we would beat them. Um, I don't see us losing many of the games in the ACC. Of course, road games in the ACC, no matter what the conference looks like is going to be hard and everybody of course will give Duke their best shot. So that always comes into play in the ACC as well. Now Duke's next game is Saturday the 10th at 5 30 PM against MD Eastern. They're three and six. It's at Duke. I'm not really concerned about that game even a little bit. I just wanted to say when their next game was for so people knew. Now I'm going to touch on the NBA today, just my favorite three players that we know that I talk about because they have been balling out and we need to talk about them for a second. Of course, we are going to start off with him. Jason Tatum is my dude, been my dude. <laughs> the Celtics are first in the Atlantic division and they are 21 and five and Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown are going nuts. Jason Tatum is averaging 30.5 points a game, 8.2 rebounds, 4.1 assists, and 48% from the field. Okay, he's tied for first for assists, and he's fourth in the league on average points per game. So he is what the kids like to say, cooking. <laughs> he's doing great. I mean, watching him play is incredible. The Celtics look great. I'm all for the Celtics winning. I know I'm a Warriors fan, but I love Jason Tatum. So he is just doing his thing easy next we've got our boy z obviously he's on the pelicans they're 16 and 8 first in the southwest division and zion is also leading them their defense is incredible but zion has been doing great he's averaging 23.9 points a game 7.2 rebounds 4.3 assists and he is shooting 59.6 percent from the field which is like 14th or 13th in the nba which is insane think about how many people are in the nba now, my last guy's team is not that good. Pretty sure the Magic has only won like six games. They're like six and 20 or something. Paulo, but he's our dude. He's our dude. He's our rookie. He's going to be rookie of the year. No one cares about how bad the Magic is. He's averaging 21.8 points, 7.6 rebounds, 3.7 assists, and 44.6% from the field. And I lied to you. I'm dyslexic. <laughs> I'm not really, but... It is 6.7 rebounds, not 7.6. Now, those are incredible stats for Paulo. I mean, truly, as a rookie, I did not 
I mean, okay, I expected him to do this. And I know other Duke fans expected him to do this. But all of the talk about him going into the draft and stuff, it's just crazy to me how good he is now. Now, the Magic, they just don't really have that chemistry and core team that they named yet. But we're not worried about Paulo winning a championship this year, obviously. But we love to see him succeeding. So my three dudes are killing it. And pretty much every Duke player in the NBA this year is killing it, honestly. I mean, truthfully. So, now, I wasn't going to answer these questions on here, but I've had a lot of people ask me these questions in messages. Yeah, so um, I got two questions that I'm going to answer, and they are not about Duke. The first one literally is, what's up with UNC? Now, I hate talking about UNC at any point in my life. Sorry, UNC fans. That's just how it goes. You guys know you hate Duke. There's probably not even UNC fans listening to this podcast. But we are going to talk about them because that is a big deal right now in college basketball. So, UNC went from number one in the country to unranked. I know there's, like, stats on that, and I'm pretty sure it hasn't happened in a very long time, and it's, like, a big deal. But, I mean, just let that sink into you. Like, they went from number one in the country to unranked. You don't need to hear statistics for that. <laughs> you know that's bad. So they're they're five and four. They're ninth in the ACC in a in a air quotes down year. And they have lost four games in a row. Now personally, I don't watch UNC games. Um, I will turn them on if I get like a notification that they're about to lose, but. Just as other fan bases don't watch Duke, I don't watch UNC. I have occasionally turned it on this year, and um, I don't know what's wrong with them. You know, um, they have all these returning guys. I, They have Caleb, they have Baycott, they have all these people. I, I don't know why they lost four games in a row. Uh, maybe it's, it's Roy showing up to every game. He's like a bad luck charm. I don't know, but... I'm sure they'll get it together. I mean, I doubt they're going to lose. Their next game is they play Georgia Tech tomorrow, the 10th, at 3.15 p.m. And I just, I mean, I doubt they'll lose that game. But I also didn't think they were going to lose their last four games. So I'm not really sure. I think I might actually watch that game tomorrow just so I can see because it's right before the Duke game anyways. Um, yeah, like I said, I, I don't know. I've had so many people ask me that, and I, I just think it's so funny because I, tru- I truly have no idea. Um I mean, I'm happy that they're losing, I can't lie, but it is kind of weird. You would have thought that they were going to be great. I mean, they won their first five games, so I don't know. Very strange. They will figure it out, and you already know when they play Duke. (laughs) They'll be amazing, so not worried about that. Um, And the second question, the last one that I'm going to do, because you guys should see some of these questions I get. Um, Will Louisville win a game? And you know this tugs on my heartstrings for two reasons. One, I went to school there, obviously. Love Louisville, wish they were winning, understand that they're 0-8. And Nolan. We always are going to love Nolan, even though he went to Louisville. Um, You know he's struggling. He's never, ever had to experience something like that at Duke. So, Um, I yes, I think, okay, the question was, will Louisville win a game? Yes, I think Louisville is going to win a game. Um, I don't think it'll be against Duke. I, I don't. 
I don't know who it will be against, but I yes, I think they're going to win a game. Honestly, it's it's really sad for me. I think they're ranked like 300-something in the ratings. Or, oh, my God, it's so bad. And I love Louisville, and I wish that they weren't bad. One, for the ACC, and two, just because I, I cheer for Louisville unless they play Duke. So, yes, I think they'll win a game. I think they'll win maybe two. I, I think they're just very defeated. I mean, if you lost eight games in a row and everybody was talking about how bad you were, I it would be hard. But I don't know. Their team just isn't like that this year either. Now, they have a couple of good, like, three and four-star recruits, but they don't really have any breakout talents. And I think it's just been a hard year for them in general. Uh, I think next season they will be a lot better. But to answer that question, yes, I think they will win a game. I think they're – we'll go with two. I think they're going to win at least two. Two to three for sure because they'll win like one and then they'll get a couple wins. So I, I don't think it's going to be that bad. But my next episode of this podcast is going to have a special guest on it. Now, I have struggled uploading this episode like four times, but we finally got it to work. So next episode will be coming very shortly. I'm not going to ruin the surprise for you guys. It's not anything crazy exciting, but it is really cool. So – I am so glad to be back with you guys. Sorry, real life. I say real life like this isn't real life. But my my life outside of podcasting and Twitter and Duke took over for a little bit. But we are back. Duke is back tomorrow at 5.30 p.m. Taking another dub to the house. I will see you guys very shortly. See you.